Hey, you're listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. My name is Keila Craft Ambrose. This is a place to grow, be inspired, and to go deeper in the things of God. I hope you enjoy this episode. Me, Josh, Keila. Hi. And Whitney. Hello. To to get on here together and just discuss really, you know, some of the things about what it means to be a part of a tribe, but what it looks like. I think one of the things that's great about us, our family, to me, is we've had great parents and we've had great leadership and all of us are on this journey. I know me and Whitney are parents. Keela's I'm a dog mom. <laughs> <laughs> Keela's on the way. She's been parenting various animals for her whole life, but but she's going to be a parent uh, here soon. That's not an announcement or anything. Oh, but my goodness. At some point, her and Cole will be having children. Uh, but one of the things that's that's very um, – that, that we're all always thinking about, you know, as parents is what kind of behavior are we demonstrating and what kind of legacy are we leaving for our kids and are we establishing a family, not just building a business or – building a company or being a part of a church, but are we establishing a family that is really going to leave a legacy when we're not here anymore? And I think for me personally, you know, for all three of us, but I'll speak for myself and the girls are here so they can speak for themselves. But I think for me personally, we've had amazing parents who have led the way for us, who've marked the path for us, who, you know, they're not perfect people. They don't have it all together all the time. But they've taught us how to live a life with core values. They've taught us how to live a life valuing what most matters. They've demonstrated, you know, love and acceptance and humility and grace and positive attitudes and all these different kind of things. So we wanted to get together, the three of us, and talk through really the five core values of our family, the five things. A couple years ago, my my dad sat us down and he said, I want you to, there's a lot of things you can follow me, and this is pretty much his words and paraphrasing, Josh Kraft version, but he said, you can follow me in a lot of ways, and there's a lot of things maybe I do that you can receive from, but I want you to follow me in five things. If there's five things that I want the Kraft family to mean, you know, as the patriarch, him and my mom, you know, as the patriarch and matriarch of the Kraft family, there, there are five things that I want you to follow me in, and those five things are honor, honor, positive attitude, excellence, generosity, and leadership. And those are really the five things, the five things my dad wants all of us as his family, even though we're all married now. I don't have a different last name. Whitney has a different last name. Keela has a different last name. But he wants us to be people that we carry the legacy of the Kraft family, no matter where no matter where we go, because we've had the benefit of having them as parents. And um, so, Keela, what are your thoughts on... All of that. I mean, I know I've shared about how I feel, but how do you feel about just having parents like Keith and Sheila Craft? Well, <laughs> I would say in general, like a, a great family, you know, you need like four things. You need communication, you need values, you need vision, and you need conflict resolution. And I think that those are four things that our parents have taught us very well, not just through their words, but through their example. You know, I think for all of us, we've been able to see how our parents were with each other. And like we were able to see how they lived their life in those areas. And we really learned how to communicate. We learned how to have values. We learned to not only have a vision, but follow a vision. And we learned how to do conflict resolution. We're still learning that, I think. (laughs) But like we're all very different. Me, you and Whitney are very different. And I think that that's a picture of what a great family looks like, is that you have a lot of different kinds of people that can achieve a great 
you know, ultimate goal or vision together and be successful. And I love in Proverbs 22, 6, where it says, dedicate your children to God and point them in the way that they should go. And the values that they've learned from you will be with them for life. I think that because, you know, our mom and our dad, they gave us values and they gave us something to follow. We were able to not just follow them, but we were ultimately able to follow God because we had these values in our life and we were able to learn them in a real way, not just through their words. So I think for me, that was like a really encouraging and positive thing in my life was I could always look back and go like, not just what would Jesus do, but what would Keith do? What would Sheila do? You (laughs) know, And, and it helped me. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hi, it's Whitney. <laughs> um, you know, I know that the older that you get, I think what I've seen in um, being in ministry, but then also just having friends that are my age and older, you know, growing up in a family where really you can respect and honor your parents and basically everything that they do, you know, not not to say that they don't ever do anything wrong because they do, but in that, you know, we've always had parents that apologize to us and aren't afraid to be wrong and know that they're not always right and I've always been open and honest about admitting that but at the same time you know really having follow followable um, excellence you know in, in all the things that Josh said and having a positive attitude and having honor and um, being generous and you know knowing what personal leadership looks like and success looks like and really modeling that and modeling how to do that I think the fact that we can all be in a place where we all work together and we work in the same place and we're all in ministry together, you know, really shows the amazing qualities and demonstration of leadership that our parents have in every season of our lives. And, you know, I actually live in my parents' neighborhood because I want to be close to them. And, um, and I just, I really do honor and value who, who they are in our lives. And I think, I know for me that they really are Uh, the greatest mentors in my life and so just like all of you guys said it just it really is a gift and I know that it's rare and thankful for it yeah and so I think that you know the Proverbs 20 verse 7 says the godly walk with integrity and blessed are their children who follow them and um, I I feel like you know for me and for us there's cool thing is there's this individual greatness that each one of us have as as my parents children um but we're we're living proof that when you as a leader whether it's demonstrating this for your team demonstrating this for your family of choice or demonstrating this even within your family of origin when you as a leader demonstrate values and you live out your values and you walk right and you do things the right way then the people that come after you are blessed because of that and the people that come after you you know the way i've always seen it and people have heard, heard me say this a lot that, um, you know, hey, like, you know, if you serve, the people come up to me in our church environment and they'll say, man, you know, if you serve your dad, that's so great. That's so wonderful that you serve your dad. And, you know, one day God will give you your own thing. And if you serve him, he'll give you your own platform. And the reason why we think that way is because so many of us, a lot of you listening to this, you haven't had people that have gone before you that have created something for you, that have laid a foundation for you to stand on and the opportunity that we have. And a lot of people think it's, you know, honestly, people think it's nepotism. They think that it's, you know, we're just, my parents are just qualifying us and they're saying, here, you do this and we don't qualify. But really the opportunity that we have is to demonstrate 
the way God wants to build things through legacy and through people that are coming after and being coached and being taught. And so we could we could all have our own individual stories that we tell you about how this has been a long, hard road and for, for each one of us. And we're all different. We have different talents, different personalities. And one of the things we were talking about right before we started recording, my, my dad's on sabbatical right now. And he sent us an email and said he wants us to do a 30-day challenge and wants us to <laughs> journal every day and wants us to eat healthy for those 30 days. And so there's just this constant coaching that's coming from him because it's the way he's living his life. It's the way him and my mom both are living their life. And so there's there's just this constant expectation that sometimes you know, it can be a little bit overwhelming and a little bit challenging, but that's what that, but that's what they're meant to do. They're pacing us in life. And so we get this opportunity to have whatever greatness that we have because we're standing on their shoulders. And uh, so those five things that we really want to get into, and I just want to encourage you before we get into these things that it doesn't matter if it's your family of origin, doesn't matter if it's your family of choice or the company that you run or the team that you oversee or anything like that, that there's people that are coming after you that God wants to use you to build a foundation for them to stand on. And when people look at you, they're determining whether or not they're going to follow that and how they live. And when you decide what are the behaviors that you're going to model, what are the things that you're going to value, what are the core values that matter most to you that you're going to live by, when you decide those things and you live by that, then what you do is you teach people to have that for themselves. And that's what 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 has happened in our family that's that's the secret to success if if you see at some point me or Keila or Whitney doing whatever whatever God's called us to do in our life know that the foundation and the secret for all that is that we have we had parents who modeled and taught us how to have core values so these five things just to go back to them and then you know we got some some thoughts the girls especially have some thoughts to share on on these each one of these five things our attitude, positive attitude, These, that's in our family. Positive attitude is a non-negotiable. It's something that we value. Honor, we want to be people of honor. Uh, excellence, we want to have a spirit of excellence. Generosity, we want to be generous people. And leadership, we want to be leaders that lead ourselves first. Leadership doesn't mean, hey, we're over everybody, but it means I, I lead myself. I'm great at leading myself in every situation and in every environment. Uh, so, Keila, you want to give us some of your thoughts on what your life's look like in terms of these five things? Yeah, so I think something that, you know, our dad has taught us, um, and it's actually a quote by Charles Swindoll, but that life is 10% of what happens to you and 90% of how you react to it. And so, you know, whenever we were little or even still today, you know, we're constantly challenged and even like personally reminded in ourselves to have a positive attitude because how you react to life really determines where that thing goes. Because we live in a fallen world. We live in the uncontrollables at times, but we can always control our response. So I think something that our dad and our mom instilled inside of us was understanding that we could choose how to respond to life, that just because something negative is happening doesn't mean that we have to be negative about it. Um, you know, there's all kinds of studies that are out there, scientific studies talking about how if you talk negatively to rice or positively to rice, <laughs> how it either like rots or it stays wow. fresh. And I think that's like a natural supernatural correlation or even like with plants. You know, if you're speaking negatively or you're speaking positively, mm -hmm. it really does help to create your world. 
um, there's like a, a real thing, how God created the world with words. And I believe that we create our world with words. Um, and I think, that, you know, just like our dads taught us our words and what we think and how we talk, it starts in our mind. So I think, you know, having a positive attitude starts internally and then it, then your reaction happens, you know? So I think if you're putting the word of God inside of your mind and your heart, then that's what really what's going to come out of you because whatever, um, you know, our dad says, it says, whatever you're full of, you'll be led by. Yeah. So I think getting full of the right things helps you to be more positive because that's what's inside of you. If you're putting negative things inside of you, negative things are going to come out and, you know, the opposite way. Mm. And then, you know, with honor, um, something that's interesting to me that, I've talked, especially with Whitney, about when we were growing up. But, you know, in Exodus twenty twelve, we see, you know, the commandment, honor your father and mother and you will have long life. And, you know, something that we've been taught in our family is this is the only command that actually comes with a promise. It comes with the promise of long life. And I remember growing up and we would hear different people just talking about us growing up. Like we would hear people, our friends talk about their parents, say like, like, you know, my parents are so dumb or they don't understand. And I had like the fear of God in me on a level with that. And, you know, there's times where you go through and you just, you feel like maybe they don't understand or they can't relate to you in different areas. But what I always knew is that when I honored them, I was honoring God. Mm -hmm. And when I was honoring them, it was also bringing the promises of God in my life. So even though we're humans and we have to work through our own things, practicing that lifestyle of honor through honoring your parents and understanding that comes with a promise from God really helps you in the rest of your life. I think, you know, even internally, you know, for, for those of you that your parents are older or maybe they're not in your life anymore, continuing to honor them, continuing to speak positively about them because really without them, you wouldn't be here on this earth. And if anything, God used them as a channel to get you here. So that's something you can honor, you know. And then the next thing, generosity. In Proverbs eleven twenty four through 25, it says, Some give freely, but get even richer. Others don't give what they should, but get even poorer. Anyone who gives a lot will succeed. And I know that in my life, I've seen our dad and our mom be very generous, not only with their money, but with their time, their talent, and their treasure. They've been very generous with us. They've been generous with other people. They never put like, well, this is all I'm going to give. Whether it comes to financial things or, or talking to us or encouraging us, they're always generous. And I've seen them be generous to people that did not deserve it. And sometimes, you know, maybe even to help control their own thought process, you know, because I think generosity releases, you know, the right kind of mindset in a lot of different areas in our life. And seeing our mom and dad like model that in our mm. life, it helps me to want to be generous because I know not only for like the give and take of it, I know what generosity does on the other end, how God blesses you, but also just what it does internally for you and what it does for other people. It releases something. It releases like the power of God in areas that wouldn't normally be there because you chose to be generous, you know? So, the next thing is excellence. Um, and, you know, Aristotle said, we are what we repeatedly do. Excellence then is not an act, but in ha but a habit. And so I think something that, you know, we've all been able to see as well is our parents are very consistent. They stick to what they're going to do. They've, they've, chosen to have a healthy lifestyle our whole <laughs> yeah, life. And they, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't just like us doing a commercial on our parents, you know, but they're pretty amazing. Yeah. Like, like, like our dad, like, I don't know. I've never seen in any season, whether my dad's sick or injured, he works out every day. Yeah. And that's what I was going to say. Like, like I, I don't every do that. Every single day. I don't either. 
<laughs> and every single day I see like them. Layla actually said the other day, Clay was, <laughs> Layla's my daughter. She was, Clay was uh, getting ready to work out. And just randomly she was like, mommy doesn't work out like daddy does like oh no so so he's been just this model of consistency yeah. and excellence even in himself we need to be better yeah guys. so i think like even with that challenge. even what that quote says it's not just an act it's yeah. a habit it's yeah. a habit that you create and you know our dad has always very specifically spoken to us about creating positive habits and having a rhythm and having something to follow in your life and for him it started when he was like 16 or 17 where he started working out consistently every Mm -hmm. single day for us it started younger because he was in our life helping us to work out Mm -hmm. you know and creating that habit but I think I think seeing that followable excellence in both of their life it almost can be intimidating at times because you're like how do they do that so consistently but also it it, like you said it it helps us to pace our lives because Mm -hmm. we're constantly being pushed to know we can be more and we can do more and you know the last one is leadership and as i was thinking about leadership i kind of like thought of my own little quote here because i i'm constantly challenged by leadership and and just the whole thought process of leading yourself Mm. so i said the most powerful tool that you can have as a leader is to lead yourself first your example your life speaks louder than any words you could ever say and so for me, I just think that that's something I see in my parents. And that's something that we can do as leaders. And that's something that I'm trying to strive to be more of as a person of action and a person that's followable because I know that it's your life that speaks louder than any words, any any theory that you might have. It's what you actually do. So Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's that's powerful. And I like I said, you know, we our, our encouragement to you in this conversation today is not that you would just love Pastor Keith and Sheila Kraft, although we, we love them, obviously they're our parents, but that you would understand you can be these people. Like you can be these people that people tell stories about you and how amazing you are in spite of your imperfections, in spite of how you are, because of how you lead and, and what you value. And, um, and so Whitney, I know you have some thoughts too on these five things and how these things have impacted your life. So, so what are those, like, what do you feel like really resonates with you? Yeah. And, you know, before this too, I was just, um, talking to my husband too, because, you know, he, he reads a lot and he's been under my parents' leadership just as long as I have. And so, um, so anyway, so these are just some of those thoughts as we were talking, but, um, so a positive attitude, I think a positive attitude really determines, um, can determine your opportunities and your ability to seize them. People with a positive attitude can see better opportunities a lot of times because you can foresee a better and a positive outcome, whereas people with bad attitudes can only see Mm. the negative oftentimes. And, you know, even for me with my kids, I think about how, you know, in Texas right now, it's been like 112, 107. (laughs) It's been so hot. And just even when I walk outside going, oh, this is terrible and it's so hot and it feels awful and you know, having a bad attitude about the weather, it's something that's small, but when I act that way, I can see my kids when they go outside going, it's so hot, you know, really mimicking my behavior and my negative attitude. And even though what I'm saying is actually right and it does feel pretty terrible, <laughs> um, I don't well, want but my... That's what, but that's what most people do, right? Yeah, they go, you don't even realize. They go, yeah, well, no, they go, oh, I'm just being realistic. Like, yeah. I'm just being realistic yeah. about my about the situation, about mm-hmm. what's going on in, in our family, you know, and they think that that's, you know, that that's somehow 
equalizes the fact that they're being negative, but in their mind, it's like being realistic. Yeah. And I think too, even with my kids, like I've, I've said to Cleo for like, where did they get that? And then I realized like, <laughs> oh my goodness, you know, I did that or I like d- showed them kind of like that example. Cause I instantly kind of go to like, what show did they watch? Like what, you know, who did they hear say that? And so many times me and Clay and my husband have caught ourselves saying the things that we're hearing them say. And, you know, you have this revelation of like, oh, they're getting that from me. And so, um, so growing up in the family that I grew up in and just kind of seeing that example of positivity, even they talked about my dad working out, uh, whenever he's even sick. And, you know, part of that is like him choosing to act his way into a feeling, even when he doesn't feel like doing it, of just saying, you know what, I'm going to choose to be positive in the midst of this. And I'm going to choose to, he says, beat his body into submission. But, but there's a way that I think in our lives that we can do that. And it's deciding to, you, you know, you decide to have a positive attitude, even when you don't feel it. Um, and then honor. Um, I think that one of the things that you choose to be and do it because of what you become through it, not because of what you get out of it. And I think that there are people that honor God and honor leaders because it's they kind of can see it in a way of, of what they will get in return. But that's not really honor. That's a selfish way of choosing to do things because you think you're going to get something out of it. Mm. But really when we really should honor because of what God does inside of us and and not the reward that we're going to benefit, you know, and and um, and I think sometimes that's hard for all of us because, you know, you know, I know for me personally, I've gone like, OK, well, if I choose to act this way or choose to be this way, you know, like one day somebody will see it or, you know, there'll be this difference in me instead of just being the kind of person that honors just because it's it's what you should do and it's how you should be. And it's how, you know, God wants us to be. Um, and the great thing about it is is when you honor what what God does in you is the reward. Yeah, you know? what we've heard one of our friends say, Ivy Marsh, he says, what you honor, you have access to. Yeah. And a lot of times people, like, I, I can't tell you, people feel like that that uh, in our world, in our particular world, in the church world, that we have a lot of influence or something. Or, you know, when you're at a, when you're at a higher level in an organization, people always esteem that. And, uh, you know, I appreciate that and honor that. And so there's there's been a lot of conversations even I've personally had where people have said, Hey, how do I get in? You know, they're always, people are always wanting to get, like the way I'll say it is people are always wanting to get in the green rooms in life. Like, how do I get in that room and how do I be with those people and how do I, you know, enter that place? And, and the way you do that is through your honor and through yeah. you not honoring because you want something, but honoring because you're an honorable person. Right. And that's another, you know, that's another great quote that you've probably heard mentioned a lot that my dad says that you don't honor people because they're honorable. You honor them because you're honorable. Yeah. And most people just live lives of just dishonor. And that's yeah. even what Kilo was saying, you know, about uh, us growing up. We didn't like in our family, we didn't dishonor our parents. There, no. were, there were a couple things that I always knew I was going to get in trouble for. One was being just blatantly disobedient, right? Being asked to do something. So if you're a parent, you spank your kids, you discipline them for some reason. Let me tell you the three reasons why in our family we would get uh, uh, harsh discipline. The first thing was blatant disobedience. If they told us to do something, we just didn't do it. The second thing is if we disrespected uh, our mom. And the third thing was if we lied, if we lied to them. And I say we, but it was really more me always. But those three things, the common thread between disobedience, disrespect, and lying is dishonor. And so from a very young age, 
my, my dad taught us to honor and honor is a lost art in our culture in, mm-hmm. in America today and just where we're living that people don't honor you know it's not about honoring uh, you know it's people can have a tough time even honoring the president and saying well I'm not going to honor that guy because he's whatever whatever their differing opinions are or sometimes it's just the way that he acts it's, it's not like a, he's dishonorable so I'm going to dishonor yeah, him yeah he's dishonorable <laughs> so I'm going to dishonor him and um, I really like to take the personal or to take the Bambi quote for my life personally that, you know, if you don't have something nice to say, just don't say it. And sometimes that's the honor piece is just not being just going back to the positive attitude thing. Mm-hmm. Just choosing not to be negative can yeah. can in its way be be honorable. Yeah. And then, you know, and then the next thing is generosity, which honor and generosity really they go hand in hand. But in Proverbs eighteen sixteen it says, A gift opens the way and ushers the giver into the presence of the great. And, you know, I think when you're generous with your gift, so whether it's a gift that God's put inside of you or, you know, here we say time, talent, treasure, you know, it's like whether it's you're you giving your time, you giving money, you giving, you know, the the gift, the gifting that God's put inside of you, you know, if you're generous with your gift, then it opens up doors of opportunity to you. And um, not that it's, you know, this is like, you know, that God or being generous or being honoring is like a genie in a bottle or that God's that way. <laughs> But, but in the Bible, it does talk about sowing and reaping, you know. And, um, you know, there was actually somebody this past weekend that served on our production team for the first time. And he, you know, you could kind of tell, you know, he was, he was more of an inward type of person. And we found out later that the weekend before he had signed up for our team, his his dad had kind of gotten him to sign up and for three years he had been on um a list to get a new kidney and yeah, been, been on dialysis been, yeah and been all praying and been just, in a wheelchair because he couldn't even walk because of his kidney yep and, and just praying and believing he's going to get a kidney and he'd been really sad because you know he's been sick and he serves on sunday and for on, the first time for ever. the first time ever and he, and he did he's like okay i'm gonna come serve it's just more he's more yeah. reluctant yeah. not really wanting to do it you know yeah. but he came and he did he it came and then on monday he gets a call that hey you know you were on the secondary list but the primary guy you know couldn't receive the kidney for whatever reason and so we have a kidney for you and we have your scheduled surgery on Tuesday so now you know today we're recording this on Friday and he had a surgery on Tuesday and has a new kidney and is doing great and and like I said it's not to say that like God's a genie in a bottle but at the same time it's not a coincidence either you know it's like it's it's God going like you know you're you're generous and you know it's it's He's There's waiting gonna be on a us. reward. He's waiting on us to to move. You know, yeah. and I think I think even even in my life and my in in our family, uh, uh, my dad's just been one of the most generous people. And he's taught me to be generous. You know, there's stories that my my parents, if my parents were sitting here, they would tell you. You know, when I was a kid, I would get things at my birthday party, and I would and someone would go, "Oh, I want one of those," and so I'd try to give it to them because I grew up watching my parents give thousands of dollars away, not just to church, although giving to church is important give thousands of dollars away, dollars away to people. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've seen my dad pay off people's tax bill. I've seen, we've, we've seen my parents give multiple cars away to different people. I mean, in my knowledge right now sitting here, there's probably been five different times that I can think of specifically where they've, they've bought a car for somebody and given it to them. And that's not in the church. That's personally, personally uh, given someone a car and had, and been generous like that. And so when you see someone live that way, it's it's really challenging and mm-hmm. it's like man i need i need to be like that yeah 
And then excellence, when I think about excellence, excellence builds your capacity, I think, you know, which is a different way of thinking about and looking at it. But if you're disorganized, you, you can't see through the mess. But if you're able to have excellence and organize everything in your life, then that's an excellent way to live. Um, and, you know, I think having a core value of excellence means having a great capacity. You know, when you think about decorating your house, if you just you know, went in your living room and just put stuff everywhere and you didn't have put stuff in cabinets or I've got a big trunk in my living room that all the blankets go in. If that was just everywhere, then I can't, that's not excellence. When you walk into my house, it's not organized. And if I was going to have a party, people really wouldn't know what to do or where to sit. And, um, you know, and so I think that when you can, when something comes into your life or comes on your plate and you kind of know how to organize that and how to designate that, then that creates excellence in your life. And my husband's best friend, Matt, he went to chef school and in chef school, they have something called mise en place, mise en place. where, you know, it's like everything has a place, everything has a place of excellence. And I think that when you operate by that in your life, then it creates this consistent excellence that, yeah. that other people can follow and they can see yeah. it as, Hey, I can do that in my life too, yeah. you know? Well, so. I remember when Clay came in and like shared that with the team, you know, because, you know, what, what you do in this, in this like French cooking philosophy, right, is all the forks go in a certain place, all the knives go in a certain place, and everyone always knows where things are. And that seems really simple, but um, doing things with excellence means that you're, you have intentionality. Right. And you're intentional about where things go and how things get done. And, and uh, that's great. Yeah. And then the last thing is leadership. So John Maxwell says, do three things every day, add value, add value, and add value. <laughs> and um, and leadership is oftentimes by adding so much value that you become a place of leadership in people's lives. And even with my husband, Clay, I talk about him a lot because I think he's the best. And he's also a leader in my life. But yes, before we call him Clayzus. He should have been on here. Um, he's like Cleasus, Clayzus. He's the closest <laughs> person to Jesus that we know. Um, Claymation. But, but before, he, before he became a pastor, people were calling him pastor clay you know and it's like he just in his life he he added so much value and was such an influence people life people's life just by being who he was that it's like he was the leader in the room and one of the things that my dad says too is the encourager in the room is the leader in Mm. the room and i would say that that's one of my strengths personally as a person to talk myself up but (laughs) i just i enjoy encouraging each other it's kind of encouraging other people it's kind of natural for me and so you know i think some of us we can and I personally have oftentimes found myself in a place of like, oh, I feel like, you know, I'm maybe not a leader. When I walk into a room, it's not like, oh, the leader's here. And um, but I know for me that one of the greatest things I can do when I go into a room is encourage the people that are in there. And when my dad told me that it was not like, oh, my goodness, like I'm going to start doing that so I can be a leader. But I think it was an encouragement to me of going, no, you are a leader because this is a strength that you have and the strength that you bring. So maybe there's some of you that are listening to this, that you're listening to this because you want to be a better leader and you want to be seen as a leader. And I'll just tell you, if you'll start by being an encourager, yeah. then you'll be a great leader. Yeah, that's powerful. So I, I remember that there was a time when, you know, now I worked at now. Now I've been at the you know, we've all we all work at the church, but. Uh, now I'm in this role where I help do a lot of things day to day, but there was a season for me of about two years where I had a job, but I, I wasn't, you know, the way my dad always termed it was I was in everything, but not over anything. So I was there to bring ideas, but I didn't, I didn't have leadership. And so I, or at least what I equated to leadership. And so I would call my dad and go, 
you know, not before I did that, I was leading our student ministry. I was leading young adults. I was leading our internship. And then Keela took all those things over and she did better than I did. And so, so we were doing them together and then she really started leading better than me. And, uh, so there was no reason for me to be involved because it's going better when I'm, you know, I'm not touching it. And so I told, I had a conversation with my dad. I said, what am I, you know, what am I supposed to be doing? I don't, I don't know what to do. And people don't see me as a leader. They don't value me. At least I didn't feel that way. And my dad said that the encourager is the leader or the leader is the encourager. So when you walk around and you lift people up, then what happens is people begin to look to you for that. Because what people need the most is not your correction. What people need the most is not your direction. What people need the most is your encouragement and, and they need your belief. Think of the last time someone sat, sat down with you or even had a conversation with you and really just encouraged you and mm-hmm. lift you up. And, and there's, not a lot of t- there's not a lot of rooms or spaces where that happens for each one of us. And so be that kind of person that you lead yourself. And because you lead yourself, you know, people that are insecure or that are not encouraged themselves, they can't encourage other people. Right. When you encourage yourself, you know, the Bible says that David encouraged himself in the Lord. When you are encouraged yourself, then you can lift other people up. So when you lead yourself, then you can lead uh, other people. Then you have the opportunity to be able to do that. And uh, so I, I hope, LSI, that you guys have, have enjoyed our time with you today. And again, our goal in this was to just show you and to hopefully give you a practical example of what it looks like when you as a leader leave a legacy for other people to follow. And and if I can challenge you with anything, it's that you go from this, you listen to this today, and you don't maybe take these five things and you decide I'm going to live this way and I'm going to demonstrate these things for other people to follow, but that you would in your own way and in your own life, that you would take these and make a decision to say, what are the, what are the things that I'm going to leave behind? What are yeah. the core values? What are the, what is the legacy that I'm going to demonstrate and write those things, write those things out, but not only write them out, but demonstrate them in your, in your own life. You guys have any final things to say to everyone? Oh, thank you. And we hope you have a great day. (laughs) Share this with somebody. Yeah. And we hope that there's something that you find in there that you can just apply to your life and be encouraged by and just know that it works because we're the fruit. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And we're honored to to be that. Thank you for listening to the Love Fiercely podcast. I would love for you to subscribe to personally receive weekly encouragement. Also, check out my blog at KeelaCraftAmbrose.com for monthly content. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at KeelaCraftAmbrose.